Welcome to Allied, the podcast for everything you need to know about web and video accessibility. I'm your host, Elisa Lewis, and I sit down with an accessibility expert each month to learn about their work. Every episode has a transcript published with it, which can be viewed by accessing the episode on the 3Play Media website. If you like what you hear on Allied, please subscribe or leave a review. Allied is brought to you by 3Play Media, your video accessibility partner. Visit us at www.3playmedia.com to learn why thousands of customers trust us to make their video and media accessible. Today, we're joined by Lori Samuels, Senior Director of Accessibility at NBC Universal. Lori leads strategic accessibility programs to institute best practices in inclusive design, provide training for software development teams, drive cultural maturity and disability inclusion, and fortify executive sponsorship. Lori has had career roles in software engineering, engineering management, technical program management, and accessibility consulting. Her passion for making technology work for people of all abilities started in 1993 when she was Director of Engineering at Broderbund Software. She went on to start Intuit's Enterprise Accessibility Program and delivered the first ever accessible version of QuickBooks. Prior to joining NBC, Lori led accessibility programs and initiatives at Microsoft. Lori, we're so happy to have you join us to talk about accessibility strategies and media. Thank you so much for being on Allied today. Happy to be here. To start, I'd love to know more about your background and how you got to where you are today. I know you have a computer science education and have worked in various accessibility roles at major tech companies prior to joining NBC Universal. I'm curious if you could share a bit about your journey to your current role. Yeah, absolutely. So at this point, my career spans several decades. So I've had a lot of different roles throughout the time that I've been working, mostly in the software industry, mostly in consumer software, actually, or software that um, for the consumer and educational markets. Um, So I've been a software engineer. I've worked on products um, that people know and love (laughs) uh, from the 1990s onward. And uh, so in that capacity, I've been a director of engineering, I've been in engineering management roles, I've uh, been a technical program manager, uh, consultant, and but I've always been interested in accessibility. Uh, growing up, my sister has cerebral palsy, and I think I got an early sense of the discrimination that people with disabilities face. And as someone who worked in the tech space, uh, I just wanted to do what I could to make that 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 technology, uh, those products accessible for people with disabilities. So it's been an interest for a long time, dates back to the 1990s before the internet even existed. But I got the opportunity in 2011 when I joined Intuit to basically volunteer to start up their enterprise or global accessibility program working underneath their chief technology officer. And that was really the first time that I did accessibility at a bigger scale. Um, That led to an opportunity at Microsoft to join them um, for several years, as it turned out, (laughs) working in different product organizations um, on 
all kinds of aspects of accessibility. And then um, from that in 2000, at the end of 2019, um, I got this opportunity to move over to NBC Universal as their director of accessibility. Um, and it's been great. <laughs> That's awesome. It, it feels like it was really something that you, you know, sort of had an early start to and then things kind of the stars sort of aligned. So that's exactly. awesome. <laughs> so what was it like getting into accessibility from the tech world and how does approaching accessibility from a technical perspective look different from a media or a non-tech perspective? I think this is a really interesting question. Um, of course, you know, that's just happens to be my experience and, and people can come into accessibility from lots of different angles and experiences. But I think it's been helpful for me because I, I do have a deep understanding of how products are built, how, uh, not it, I, I certainly don't code anymore, <laughs> but, but I understand that world. I understand the, the pressures, honestly, that product teams are, are under uh, to get product out the door, to ship new features, to kind of this constant now with, with the advent of, of uh, sort of web and mobile development uh, there's just there's just so much going on in a product team. There's you're gathering requirements, you're designing interfaces, you're coding that up as quickly as you can, and you're sort of constantly on this train of releasing continuously. So um, so it's just a very fast paced, um, uh, challenging environment. And accessibility tends to kind of come in as, oh, here's another set of requirements that you happen to have missed <laughs> along the way. And I think the traditional approach of doing a big audit uh, for accessibility and giving the team a, a, hundreds of bugs to fix is, is very daunting. So I try to look at integrating accessibility as as proactively as possible into the process. You do sometimes need to identify where the problems are, where the gaps are in order to get that data. But, um, but really accessibility works best if it's started in planning, design, incorporated into functional requirements, the developers understand how they need to, to code for that and, and the testers know, understand how to test for it. So I think because I have an understanding of product development, it helps me understand how best to integrate accessibility into that process. Um, so I, th that's that's been helpful. And I also have empathy for developers <laughs> and product teams because they're, they're under a lot of pressure and I do understand that. Absolutely, yeah, that um, leads nicely into a follow-up question that I wanted to ask you. One of the reasons we're really excited to talk to you and have you on Allied is because talking about accessibility strategies for media, you've worked at such a large media company and I know that accessibility, even at small organizations, takes a lot of organization and coordination across teams. So to see it valued and, and carried out at NBC Universal is really amazing. Can you talk a little bit more about how NBCU is able to implement accessibility across such a large scale? Um, and how do you kind of come in as, as an individual who understands that it's important to bake accessibility in from the beginning, as we like to say at 3Play, and how do you really get that, um, how do you implement that at such a large organization? 
Yeah, it's um, it's fun and challenging. I think one of the things I really love about NBC Universal is that I really get to work across different businesses. It's 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 really almost an umbrella over a lot of different businesses that operate you know pretty independently. So we have our parks business, we have um, you know news and sports and entertainment and film and it's television. It's it's a lot of fun because there's such variety. So first of all, I, I really love it. Um, secondly, I think a lot of the groundwork for, for my role was laid by the wonderful team and leadership at Comcast, which is our parent company. And Comcast has been deeply committed for accessibility for years and um, has, you know, I happen to um, have known Tom Lukowski, who leads accessibility at Comcast for for many years. In fact, he was a bit of a mentor to me when I was at Intuit and trying to figure out <laughs> how to do exactly what you're describing. Which, boy, how do you get everybody to do this when you're when you're dealing with a really large company? So, so it is challenging and it does definitely take organizational skills. I see, I think part of it is understanding strategies and what I, what I'm trying to do, what I'm not able to do, honestly, and where the ownership needs to reside. So I can't you know, I can't do the work for teams. I need to help teams learn how to do the work on their own. So that's the first premise is that um, that the teams need to begin to take ownership of this and what this looks like. I think at a media company, and this has been really interesting for me, media is different than working in a technology company um, in, in this key respect. So at a company like Intuit or Microsoft, the focus is really on product accessibility. Um, it's on making sure that the products work well, um, websites, mobile apps, even you know, in some cases still desktop products. And um, there's less emphasis, although it's still a factor, but there's less emphasis on media accessibility because it's just not as big a part of the equation. That sort of flips 180 degrees um, with a place like NBC Universal, where media is our business. And so it's a huge factor, you know, it's a huge focus for accessibility. Um, so I already came into a, a mature organization that understands closed captioning and audio description and has you know, many dedicated resources and innovations happening in that space. And and so there's a great deal of maturity there. I think it's I think the part that I'm working on now is more focused on our digital experiences and products and, and, and websites and apps. And even and now in this case, um, apps that run on your TV or your Xfinity box. Um, so that's, that's the world to kind of, to kind of bring forward now. And I think in terms of how to organize this, a lot of what I do is advocacy, education, informing and, and beginning to organize for it. So um, it takes time to build maturity. It takes time. And I would say, and this is true in all the accessibility work I've done, there's always a combination of grassroots work and leadership work. So, so you, can't, you can't do it well without both of those strategies moving forward, um, in my experience. So grassroots means there are find the people who are excited about accessibility and work with them and, and support them. Um, make sure that they have tools and resources and a community that we sort of start to build. And then the second strategy is leadership. So that's about, again, advocacy, um, working with leaders who are where this resonates and, where, um, and, and in, in strategic areas. So legal is a strategic area. Make sure that you know, legal is on board. Make sure that um, 
the ideally your you know your product and technology leaders um and again so it's really about having those conversations helping to explain to leaders why this is important and then what it looks like to make greater investment in that space thank you so much yeah i think that makes a lot of sense particularly you know kind of finding the right people to to form like a cohort and and really be the drivers of exactly accessibility um makes a lot of sense. And it seems like every organization that does have, you know, a really strong accessibility team and commitment kind of started with, with that, you know, smaller group of, of really passionate people who are educating and, and spreading awareness. I watched your recent NBCU Academy video on improving news accessibility. And I'm wondering if you can talk about some of your media accessibility tips and things that news organizations should consider when they're trying to make their content accessible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really lovely. Um, we had NBCU Academy um, is is essentially a um, a way to help um, journalists um, who are who are or people who are interested in getting into to journalism and news um, as, as just a really wonderful resource. So I was I was thrilled when they reached out to me and said we'd like to do a piece on accessibility. Um, so certainly for there's really two pieces to this I would say the on the on the accessibility side um, you know you you want to be thinking about things like if you're doing a video and regardless of where, and no matter where you're posting that video, um, you wanna make sure that you have captions. So, um, so because otherwise you're excluding folks who are deaf or hard of hearing. So captions are just have to be, um, you know, done and done ubiquitously everywhere for, for media. Um, other things though, I mean, you may be including images. And so you want to make sure you provide a text description of that image, if it's meaningful to the story. Um, and even just with your text, you want to make sure that your text is clear language and that people, you know, with cognitive disabilities can understand it. Um, and it's straightforward. So those are the considerations. I mean, just very, at a very high level on the, the content of the news itself. I think the other piece that is important is, um, is making sure that disability shows up more in the news, that it shows up not as a disability story always, but getting the perspectives of, of the disability community. How do people think about, um, you know, any, any number of topics, politics, healthcare, um, you know, entertainment. We, we wanna see disability showing up more in our news content and getting respectful conversations with um, the perspectives of the disability community. So that's another aspect is that, um, having news cover more stories that includes disabled perspectives. Absolutely. I think that that's one thing that isn't always mentioned in what it means to, to be accessible, um, but that's a really good point that there, there are certainly multiple pieces of it. Accessibility can look like many different things, and there are so many facets to what makes an organization and its products and programs accessible. Can you talk about how MBCU approaches accessibility from both an internal and an external perspective? And um, if possible, I'd love to learn about any specific programs that you can share with us. Yeah, sure. So, um, so one of the things I'm really thrilled about uh, um, is, and this is just a, a general statement, I, I think we are beginning to see the convergence or collaboration happening between diversity, equity, and inclusion 
teams and leaders and practitioners and accessibility practitioners. Now, I will say that there are many companies who still haven't kind of figured out that disability has to be part of your of your DEI efforts um, because disability is the largest strand, um, largest minority in the United States. Uh, you, you know, we know these things, right? One point some billion people on the planet. So we we can't be inclusive and diverse unless we're unless we're including disability in that. So I was very happy to, to see that NBCU is, was already um, very committed in that space. They understand that, um, already had some programs in place when I got here a couple of years ago, um, already had an employee resource group. We call it My Abilities and um, very focused on disability inclusion. So awesome, awesome work already happening in that space. Um, what I've really loved is the ability to, to tie those holistic threads together and keep our efforts coordinated. So, so if we're driving for certain um, for, for certain kind of inclusion in disability space, we also look at the accessibility. How do we, we have to make sure that um, that's all aligned? And that's it's just well understood here and well supported, which is makes uh, makes the work that I do much more focused on the how rather than the why. It's, it's, it's exhausting when you have to make the case for accessibility. I've lived that. It's hard. Um, it's hard because it's discouraging, right? We, we want companies to recognize that, that they need to make their products, their services, and their content accessible to everyone. And to have to, to, have to kind of constantly um, make that case is, is hard. So, so I think, first of all, you know, I'm lucky to be in a place that, that acknowledges and understands the importance of accessibility. Um, some of, the, some of the, 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 the challenges or the, the, the opportunities, I guess, have been finding, up, finding ways to coordinate efforts across these many businesses and, and um, different organizations, essentially, within our company. So um, what I've done, uh, well, We've got we've basically created certain forums and councils and working groups that um, pull together, uh, you know, you know, appropriate folks from different groups. So, for example, we have this great um, sort of standards and policy council around accessibility that brings experts who work with the FCC um, in regulatory affairs together with our media and technology and operations leaders, along with myself. Um, and so when we're looking at improving closed captioning, audio description, that's a wonderful forum to make that, to, to brainstorm and get feedback and find out, you know, where we, where we need to make some strategic investments and improvements. So um, that was really the genesis of our work in live audio description, for example, for special events and for the Olympics and Paralympics. So that's just been a great way. I, we've got some other um, cross-business um, forums and working groups kind of set up, which allows us to coordinate our efforts, keep some you know governance in place around it at a, at a big scale. So, so that's been really helpful. Um, uh, just having those programs where, again, where we're tying together designers or we're getting the media and technology and operations folks together with uh, to, to talk specifically about accessibility. It's been, it's been really, really helpful. I, I like having these. That's one way also to scale and to make sure that the right folks are at the table for those conversations and, um, and then, you know, um, kind of roadmap the, the, the plans. Thank you. And I know you mentioned the Paralympics. Um, and I know that 
NBCU recently announced programming for this upcoming 2022 Paralympics Winter Games. Are you able to share a little bit more about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Excited to. Um, yep, yeah, it's it's uh, coming up right now. Uh, so the both the the Beijing Olympic um, and Paralympic Games, the Winter Games. So um, so for the Olympics, we will be providing audio description for all of the primetime um, Prime West and Prime Plus broadcasts, which is exciting. Those are all those live streams and replays will also be available on our NBC Sports and NBCOlympics.com and Peacock. So excited to to share that. Uh, Paralympics, all the broadcasts will have um, and and what's on cable for USA Network and the Olympic Channel will have live audio description. Shout out to our wonderful partners at Descriptive Video Works for um, the talent that they bring to the table to make all of that happen and to our amazing technology and operations teams that have just now make this part of their standard operating procedures, which is just a wonderful evolution and something, you know, we're very committed to going forward. So that's, uh, that's work that we're proud of that, um, that we've been recognized for. And, and I really can't thank the people enough who, who do that, that work in, um, in, in broadcast still. Absolutely. I would also encourage all of the listeners who have not heard audio description um, to mm-hmm. certainly turn it on. Um, I think it's it's great to see that audio description is being provided more and more. Um, and it's it's really interesting being around people when they kind of hear it for the first time. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty impactful. And it's also really great if you're trying to multitask. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I would um, say just a little, you know, that it's, it's, one so audio description for for folks who may not be familiar is is spoken um, audio that describes the visual context of what's happening when there isn't um, when there isn't dialogue and typically that's done in a scripted movie or television show where it's quite you know it's a, a little easier to sort of figure out what those insertion points for that additional visual context would be much, much more challenging as you can imagine to try to do that in a live environment where lots of things are happening. You've got announcers, you've got this sort of, and especially in, in, in sports, but we've done this for the Macy's day parade and the, um, yeah, the, the Christmas tree lighting and various other special events, um, and, and our musicals as well. So, um, yeah, so it, it, I agree with you. Definitely check it out. You can um, access that on the secondary audio on your television, um, or um, or or turn it on on your on your mobile app and check it out. I also wanted to ask you how um, accessibility at NBCU has evolved over the years. Did your position? Um, how did your position come to be? And was there always someone working on accessibility? Yeah. So um, again, I would I would really credit um, the work done by the Comcast team to kind of pave the way or, or set up the foundation. Um, certainly, accessibility work has been happening for for a very long time at NBC. We're you know we're a broadcast company. We have um, we're we're you know, have a a close relationship with uh, the advocates and and the groups that work with the FCC that that sort of govern um, closed captioning and audio description. So we've, we've certainly tried to be leaders in that space. And so that work certainly predates um, my time at NBC Universal. And again, that's why I say we have a a good maturity and and it's well-practiced. 
what what I think there a couple of years ago, actually probably dates back to about 2018, there was a recognition that again, we need to kind of focus more on the on the digital products and experiences, websites, mobile apps, the ways that we deliver our digital content specifically um, as another area to focus on in accessibility. So um, through leadership conversations with Comcast and NBC Universal, um, the decision was made to kind of create this role to, to come and bring in someone to, to lead that effort in, inside NBC Universal. And um, that was the opportunity that was created. And I jumped at it. <laughs> awesome. And what does your team look like now? And, and where do you see it going, you know, in the next few years? So we're just beginning to grow that. It's been, you know, uh, as you might imagine, challenges with with COVID um, over the, you know, I joined right at the beginning of 2020, um, you know, and and the world changed tremendously for, for a company that's focused on media and um, film production stopped, television production stopped, uh, the parks closed. So it was a, it's a rough time to get through. Um, you know, fortunately it looks like we're mostly to the other side of that, but so, so, in, so a lot of, you know, honestly, there were some constraints initially just in terms of kind of what we could do. Um, but nevertheless, we still moved forward and did a lot of internal advocacy. So just starting to kind of build out what that team is going to look like, a central team plus the corresponding roles within um, the different businesses in product and design and, you know, um, engineering and, and all of that. So kind of mapping that out now, um, we've got some, some support from, uh, from vendors at this point that are helping helping teams with trainings and uh, audits and um, usability feedback from the disability community. So we're excited about the work that we can kind of accelerate in 2022 and, and beyond. Yeah, it sounds like there's definitely a lot of opportunity for growth. And I know certainly every across every industry, but I'm sure sp- particularly at you know a media organization, there's been just so much uh, over the last few years, it's kind of been put on hold or new barriers that, that needed to be um, sort of navigated. So it's exciting to feel like, um, you know, we're, like you said, for the most part, kind of figured out how to how to move forward. Um, so very yeah, excited well, about that. And I, I would add that the, you know, the pandemic has certainly demonstrated that we the importance of digital accessibility. And, and I do think, you know, it, it, of course, it's uneven, but I do think a lot of companies are recognizing that, uh, higher higher ed K through twelve you know government agencies there's a recognition that this digital accessibility thing is pretty important because otherwise we can't fully participate in society and that's what the Americans with Disabilities Act is all about so um, so I, I think that those dots have been connected um, hopefully that will continue to lead to more action and more investment on everyone's part to to make the digital world more inclusive and accessible absolutely. What would you recommend for other media organizations that want to implement accessibility? Um, It does seem that NBCU is unique in that they have someone like you, um, and I'm not sure how common your role is at other media and news outlets. Well, I don't think we're unique, actually. I, I, I do try to connect with um, with colleagues in the media space uh, who work in accessibility. I've got had great conversations with uh, with folks at Disney who do an amazing job. Um, Netflix as well. BBC. I, I work closely with my colleague at Sky who does accessibility over there in the UK. So so I think there's a lot. There is certainly focus in, in the media space. Um, so I'd, I'd say as far as other media organizations, um, just just really to understand that 
accessibility goes beyond closed captioning and audio description for your content. Um, it really goes into that the, you know, making sure that your websites, your mobile apps, your TV apps, all the experiences that you put out in front of people are, are really designed and built with accessibility and, and disability inclusion in mind, understanding how people with disabilities interact with content, how they consume it, um, using assistive technology um, or other considerations to help make that content more accessible. For example, um, you know, even just things like being able to zoom the text in an article that you're reading on your phone or um, maybe uh, you know, on, on your laptop, that's a really important thing for folks who are low vision. They wanna read your content, they wanna, they wanna understand it, but you have to make that content accessible through the, through the interfaces that you provide. So I think, I think um, that's, that's really my advice is make sure that, that web and mobile and um, TV experiences themselves are accessible so they can get to all that awesome content. Do you um, have any suggestions or advice? I know a lot of organizations think about accessibility in terms of digital compliance or even compliance in general. What would your advice be to kind of move past thinking about it in, in this way? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I, I, I do think there's a sense in some companies that we, we just need to, to approach accessibility as a compliance problem. But the companies that are being really successful with accessibility have moved beyond that into really focusing on the usability of their experiences and their content. Um, so certainly the web content accessibility guides guidelines are, are awesome. They, they have so much rich information there to help us understand what are the, the critical things to focus on when you're delivering content or, or building an experience, a digital experience. So, you know, WCAG's great, uh, but the ultimate test, I believe, of, of whether accessibility is working or not is whether people with disabilities can use your product. I mean, really kind of, it sounds simple, but I think we have to get more feedback from the disability community. We need to hire more disabled people uh, to work on our products and, and, and work within our companies. And it's just important to, to get that feedback, get it early. Uh, you know, generally people are, are really happy to give you some feedback. Just make that effort and focus on usability um, as your true measure of success. Um, you know, if you're just starting out in accessibility, just just learn and listen. And, and there's so many awesome resources out there to learn. Um, and I think advocacy really starts from where we are and we just have to take it forward. We just have to meet teams where they are and take, take them forward. Yeah, I think that you made a great point about including individuals with disabilities in not only building the products and services, but also testing it, providing feedback. Um, really, at the end of the day, it, it's about being able to use it, like you said. As we wrap up, do you have any final pieces of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners? I guess I'd say to anyone who's interested in accessibility, it's been the most rewarding, fun, sometimes frustrating, but but just deeply rewarding work that I, I could do. Uh, it's just amazing to be able to 
to work in this space. I, I'm so excited about the, the growth of accessibility, how many roles are opening up. So if you don't know much about it, learn about it and, and get in and help, um, you know, whether you're a designer or a product manager or a developer or, or really in any role, um, you know, accessibility has to be driven uh, you know, into the employee ecosystem too. It's not just customer facing products or experiences. We, we, we want to make our workplaces more accessible. So wherever you are, um, and even simple things like, you know, checking your emails or your slides or your documents for accessibility, those tools are available to us now. And, you know, just, just even doing that is, you know, what can you do to make the world more accessible? Um, everyone can do a little part. And if everybody does plays a small part, I think that, that we will succeed in making the world more accessible. Thank you. I think that's great advice. I, I think that oftentimes people think that it's all or nothing. And I think you made a great point that, you know, there are a lot of little ways to make a big difference. And, you know, you have to start somewhere and can continue to ask questions and, and learn and grow and, and build upon that. So thank you for sharing that. For our listeners who would like to connect with you and follow your work online, where is the best place to do that? Uh, sure. Yeah, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn um, and or Twitter at Lori Samuels 18 or um, email me at lori.samuels at nbcuni.com. Great. Thank you so much, Lori. Really appreciate you being on the podcast and sharing your accessibility knowledge with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Allied. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave us a rating and review. To catch all the latest on accessibility, visit www.3playmedia.com backslash allied podcast. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.